Hi. How are you? Not too bad, and yourself? With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's Give the Small Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to episode 52 of Let's Give the Small Talk. Today is going to be a very moving episode. It'd be special, without a doubt, but if you have a heart, be prepared for it to be touched. Once again, that's only if you have a heart. Not everyone does. And we'll see at the end of this episode. Today, I want to introduce you to somebody you probably never heard of. And if you did, you will probably spare the details of his brief life and only told about how he was killed in his sleep by the FBI. Better yet, he was assassinated in his sleep. Not only was he betrayed by someone he thought he knew, his own government ordered to kill him because they deemed him a messiah to African-American and black people. Without any further ado, I would like to introduce you to Chairman Fred Hampton. Before I lay out why his time was cut short, 21 years to be exact. Let's talk about the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to help Let's Skip the Small Talk reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please do so. By simply texting this episode link to one person in your phone, just one. It has been helping a bunch. It's been doing so much. The podcast has been growing, so please Please continue doing so. And thank you in advance. All right, let's jump into our first segment. Score. Goal season is here. I repeat, goal season is here. I need all the goal seekers out there to stand up right now. Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Now that you're standing, Now that I have your full undivided attention, I hope you're up. I want you to give yourself and everyone else in the community of progression a round of applause. That's right. Clap it up for yourselves and for each other. It has been four months since we started our community, guys. Four months. Sixteen months weeks of everyone reporting their progress each and every week. 16 weeks. A couple of people have already achieved their goals. Shout out to my brother Malcolm and my sister Charity. And a couple more people are on the horizon to completing them any day now. Everyone has been working. Everyone has been working. Once again, give yourself and the rest of your community a round of applause. All right, please take your seat. Thank you. Today, I just want to shower you with praise. 
Because let's be honest, guys. Can we can we all just be honest just for a second? Applying effort towards anything for 16 consecutive weeks is not easy. With that being said, I really want you to take a moment to relish in your success of being consistent. You may not have achieved your goal yet. That's fine. Everyone knows it's the journey, not the destination. Relish in your success of being consistent. Because one thing we all know is that consistency is not easy. Consistency is the engine that drives us towards our goals and dreams. Without consistency, we aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So thank you for being you. Thank you for not giving up on yourself. Plenty of people in the community have ran into some tough times during these past 16 weeks. It wasn't easy. It wasn't. It's times when they had to pull themselves up off the floor, literally and figuratively, yet they never gave up. You never gave up. So I champion you today because you chose consistency over being lazy. I want to say that again for everyone in the back. I champion you today because you chose consistency over being lazy. Believe it or not, that's a daily battle that many people struggle with. We've all struggled with it before. So, once again, thank you. Thank you for not giving up on your goals, your dreams, and your future. With that being said, let's dive right into Chairman Fred Hampton. Who is he? And why is he one of the most important people you never knew about? Let's talk about it. Frederick Allen Hampton was born in the Chicago area on August 30th, 1948. Ten years later, in 1958, the Hampton family moved to Maywood, where Fred attended Irvin Elementary School. At the age of 10, Fred Hampton was the captain of the Patrol Boys, a unit responsible for controlling traffic and helping students cross the streets. Fred Hampton also drew black and white classmates into his morning homework sessions before school. Now listen to this. At the age of 14, Fred Hampton organized a student chapter of the Maidwood NAACP which grew to 700 members. We're only at the age of 14. Is anybody else noticing a pattern here? Because I know I'm not the only one. Clearly, Fred had the gift to unite from a young age. Now, this is only the beginning. But remember, he was killed at the age of 21. Keep listening and you'll soon find out why. In high school at Provisio East High School in Maywood, Fred was elected to the school's interracial cross-section committee and helped Caucasian white students to acknowledge and reform their personal racist outlooks. He was also elected president of Junior Achievement. 
He organized a class picnic and led campaigns against racist conditions at the high school. Let me tell you about something Fred did one day in high school. One day, one of his schoolmates, Eugene Moore, was unjustly arrested. So, Fred led a march to the Maywood police station where they protested and rallied until Moore was released. In 1966, Fred Hampton graduated from Provisio East High School. He was 18 years old, guys. A year later, on June 15, 1967, Fred Hampton participated in a demonstration in Maywood that demanded a swimming pool, a community recreation center, and an independent park district because African Americans and Blacks were not allowed at the nearest pool in Melrose Park, which is for Caucasian and whites only. During the demonstration, a shed was burned and store windows were broken into. Fred Hampton and 17 other young people were subsequently charged with mob action and disorderly conduct. A few months later in that same year, a few months later, 1967, the FBI began to actively monitor Hampton's activities in Maywood. Hmm. Wow. So, I just I I, I want to take a little little pause right there. So Fred is asking for a swimming pool, a community recreation center, and a park district because there isn't one for him and his people. And now he got the FBI's attention. Because they see that Fred has the gift to unite. Now, I just told you in 1967, they started monitoring Fred's activities, right? Some people suspect that they was monitoring Fred since 14 years old. The moment he grew 700 members in the Maywood NAACP, some people believe the FBI was already having an eye on Fred Hampton. Let's keep going. The FBI issued a directive to its field offices across the country, right? This is in 1967. So to all the FBI offices across the United States, they were told a directive to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize black leaders and organizations. The nationwide effort was coordinated under the bureau's super secret and highly illegal. I want to say that again. Highly illegal. The government was doing something illegal. Counterintelligence program known as, who heard this word before? COINTELPRO. Who knows a little something, something about COINTELPRO? Anybody heard that word before? Because it's a real program. Their mission was to neutralize any possible threats against the existing order. Their mission was to neutralize any possible threats against the existing order. 
So clearly, the FBI wasn't a fan of change, at least not for African-American and black people. COINTELPRO targeted, let me tell you a few people, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., Stokely Carmichael, Angela Davis, Huey P. Newton, Bobby Seale, and many others. I know you guys heard of those names before, for certain. On July 10th, 1968, Fred Hampton was accused of robbery and beating an ice cream truck driver in the playground of Irvin Elementary School in Maywood. The driver, Nelson, testified that Hampton's $71 worth of merchandise was taken from his truck by a group of youths while Hampton entered the cab of the vehicle and beat and choked him. Fred Hampton denied all charges maintaining that he did not arrive to the playground until after the truck had been looted. He was released on a $4,000 bond. Now, the reason why I say that is this. Not long after he was accused of robbery, Fred Hampton broke away from the NAACP and he joined the Chicago Black Panther Party. Now, Large part of him joining the party was an encounter he had with Lenny Eggleston, who was a Black Panther Party member who was on tour in Chicago uh, at the time. In December of 1968, filmmaker Mike Gray and members of his film group met Fred Hampton and decided to make him the subject of a documentary because they knew Fred was the truth. The following spring, the film group began to follow Fred around chronicling his speeches and his efforts to help people on the south side of Chicago. Gray and his group captured the Panthers serving breakfast and milk to children and many other great deeds the Black Panthers did throughout the community. I want to give a special shout out to that film group. Because of them is the reason why you can go to YouTube right now and type in Fred Hampton and watch some of his speeches right now. Because they recorded him. Thank you guys. Thank you for knowing to capture Fred's greatness way back then. On December 18th, 1968, the Chicago Black Panthers opened an office at 2350 West Madison Street. Shortly after organizing the Illinois chapter, which quickly became the largest and most powerful chapter in the Black Panther Party. Who knew that? Who knew that Chicago had the largest and powerful chapter all throughout the country? At 20 years old, Fred Hampton was named chairman of the Chicago Black Panthers. 20 years old. As you can imagine, Fred Hampton was now especially targeted by the Chicago FBI office. And this, this is when the special agent in charge, Marlon Johnson, sent William O'Neill, an African-American guy, to join the party so he could infiltrate it and disrupt it. So much so that William O'Neill eventually became the party's security chief 
and Hampton's bodyguard. Oh, we'll talk more about O'Neal later. Trust me. The Illinois Panthers negotiated with various street gangs like the Vice Lords and the Blackstone Rangers in an attempt to persuade them to give up their violent gang banging and to focus instead on their true enemy, the government and the police. The party also built the original Rainbow Coalition, which united the Panthers, the Puerto Rican Young Lords Organization, the Young Patriots, Students for a Democratic Society, and for a time, certain black street gangs. The chapter also opened a Breakfast for Children program, which fed hundreds of children before school. From 1969 through the early 1970s, the Black Panthers Free Breakfast for School Children program fed tens of thousands of hungry children. It was just one facet of the wealth of social programs created by the party. And it also helped contribute to the existence of the federal free breakfast programs today. Wow. Now, all that sounds good, right? Well, check this out. The night before the first breakfast program in Chicago was supposed to happen, the Chicago police broke into the church, mashed up all the food and urinated on it. Yeah, I don't even have to repeat that. And there's more. FBI agents went door to door in cities like Richmond, Virginia, telling parents that Black Panther Party members would teach their children racism. In San Francisco, FBI agents told parents that the food was infected with venereal disease. In Oakland and Baltimore, FBI agents harassed Black Panther Party members in front of the children. And then in Chicago, the police were taking pictures of the children participating in the program. All because J. Edgar Hoover, he hated the Black Panther Party and every other civil rights group. So much so that he deemed the Black Panther Party the biggest threat to American society. He was afraid of what the children would learn each morning. Afraid that they'd be taught self-love, black pride, and the importance of unity in the community. I tell you, after doing this research for this episode, I couldn't help but ask myself, why do they hate us so much? They hated us since the day they met us. They have so much envy inside their hearts. I just wonder why. But that's a question for another episode. Let's get back to Fred Hampton. On December 4th, 1969, a 14-man party armed with submachine guns, semi-automatic rifles, shotguns, and handguns burst into the front and back doors of a Chicago apartment and fired nearly 100 shots. Two people heard two shots ring out of Fred Hampton's bedroom. Chairman Fred Hampton was assassinated. In his sleep at the age of 21 years old. <sighs> Man. Now remember I told you about the guy named William O'Neill? You know, the FBI informant. Or snitch, as some people like to say. William O'Neill was sent to infiltrate the Black Panther Party. He was sent to frame Fred Hampton. After countless attempts, he go back to the FBI agent and say, hey, all the guns they have are legal. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not 
He's not laundering any money. He's not fret as clean as they come. Well, you know what? They got tired of Fred being clean and they took matters in their own hand because they knew that Fred had the ability to unite from the young age of 10. They deemed Fred Hampton the Messiah for African-American and black people. To them, the FBI, Fred Hampton was just as dangerous as they would like to say, as Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's uh, it's sad that all three of them were assassinated. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, all assassinated. You want to know what's sad? About the Fred Hampton story. Let's go back to William O'Neill. William O'Neill. Gave the FBI. The layout of the home. They raided that night. So he went in. He surveyed the place. He drew up a little diagram. Hey Fred sleeps in here. And the other people sleep in here. And this is the living room. And enter through this door. Yeah he did the full diagram. Not only did he do that. That night, when they all got home, William O'Neill slipped a sedative into Fred Hampton's drink, which knocked him out that night when he fell asleep. And it's the reason why Fred did not wake up during the raid. Fred Hampton was literally killed in his sleep. And as foul as that sound, William O'Neill did plenty of other foul things in the interest of the FBI. And all he got in return was one, he was acquitted of his robbery charges because he, he, he was a car thief. That's what got him jammed up in the first place. He was a car thief who impersonated an FBI agent. And they said, You either do this jail time or you can walk away scot-free. In order for him to walk away scot-free, he had to infiltrate the Black Panther Party and get close to Fred Hampton. And that's what he did. That's what he did. So, you know what? What I recommend to you is to take a further look into the story for yourself. I wanted to give you guys fact by fact which is why I laid it out the way I did. But you know what else I want you to do after you take a further look for yourself? Because everyone needs to do their own research. Please, I did mine, you do yours. Let this just be a kickstarter. Let this just intrigue you to want to go find out more for yourself. But you know what? I also want you to watch who's in your circle. Because that's one of the things I took away from this. Watch who's in your circle. With that being said, let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. As you know, each and every episode, come on guys. I recommend something for you to watch, something for you to read, something for you to do because 
You deserve a slice of your own pie. Your pie with the ingredients of time and energy that you bake each and every day. You know what? Go grab a fork because it's time to have a treat. What I recommend you to watch is Judas and the Black Messiah. That is the new movie about the Fred Hampton story. I want you to wa- I want you to watch it for yourself. It's great acting. The acting was so good that both of the main actors, Fred Hampton, the actor who portrayed Fred Hampton, and the actor who portrayed William O'Neill, they both needed counseling after they shot the movie. They were that deep into the role that it literally, literally weighed on them, both of them. The guy who played Fred Hampton and the guy who played William O'Neill. It wasn't easy. Okay, check out that movie, guys. Judas and the Black Messiah. All right. And then what I recommend that you read is The Assassination of Fred Hampton. How the FBI and the Chicago police murdered a Black Panther. This book was actually written by Jeffrey Haas. Jeffrey Haas was Fred Hampton's lawyer. So he spent a lot of time with Fred. I want you guys to read the book. It's a very good book. Once again, you can watch the movie to give you a visual. Read this book and it goes into depth Three, four, five times more everything that I just told you. If you enjoyed this story, meaning it piqued your interest about how corrupt the FBI is, about how great Fred Hampton was, and everything else in between, go read this book. The Assassination of Fred Hampton, How the FBI and the Chicago Police Murdered a Black Panther, by Jeffrey Haas. Okay? Now for something to do. You know what, guys? I challenge you. I challenge you to take a look into the FBI program called COINTELPRO. That's C-O-COINTELPRO. P-R-O. All together. COINTELPRO. Check it out. Check it out. Because for a decade, allegedly, a decade, allegedly they stopped. Allegedly they they stopped sending informants to infiltrate groups. Allegedly. But for 10 years, for 10 to 15 years, they tried to infiltrate and disrupt every civil rights group they could. Remember, their mission was to neutralize anyone, any group that was against the existing order. 
COINTELPRO. And you want to know how all this just happened to come to light, how it all blew up, how we know COINTELPRO was a real illegal program? It's because someone snuck inside, seen the documents about Fred Hampton, about Malcolm X, about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and about many others, and they leaked it to the press. And they couldn't deny it. Do your research. You see it for yourself. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This episode, like I said, it uh, mm, it was a tough pill to swallow at times. But like I told Alicia, this is a story that I felt compelled to share. Because Fred Hampton's story needs to be told from the mountaintops. 21 years old, 21, wow, Chairman Fred Hampton, wow. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like to support Let's Give the Small Talk, text this episode, text this episode link to one person in your phone. Remember, knowledge is power. Send this to them. Okay? Thank you in advance. And before you leave, I want to leave you with a quote. You can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail the revolution. Thank you.